welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Our listener support campaign continues. You can support the show on a one-time basis by mail to Adam Graham, P.O. Box 15913, Boise, Idaho, 83715. You can also become one of our ongoing Patreon supporters for as little as $2 per month. Just go to patreon.com. GreatDetectives.net. Also, if you want more old time radio, I'd encourage you to check out the old time radio Superman show at otrsuperman.com as we are restoring episodes that haven't been available for two or three years due to a server failure. Check them all out at otrsuperman.com. We're posting two episodes every day, uh, Sunday through Friday. Well, now it's time for today's episode of The Fat Man. And Today's episode is Murder by Mail. Not to be confused with the recent Silent Men episode, Death in the Mail. Love the originality of our titles. The original air date is February 10th, 1955. Let's take a listen. There he goes into that drugstore. He's stepping on the scales. Who is it? The Fat Man. pretty either, but with the right clothes and beauty aid, she would have been striking. She didn't have the right clothes, and beauty was something that had never occurred to her. Any woman would have envied her complexion, but they wouldn't have wanted the hands that went with it. The complexion said outdoors and health, but the hands said work. I put her age at 35 and with a cigarette. She carefully smoothed the skirt and put the chair across to my desk. When she spoke, I knew she was a capable single woman who lived on a farm in the Middle West. My name is Kate Gehring, Mr. Runyon. Pleased to meet you, Mr. Gehring. I'm a stranger in your city, and I say your ad in the classified telephone directory. That's why I came here to see you. I've never hired a detective before, and I don't have too much money. Don't worry about the money, Miss Gehring. Just tell me what the trouble is. My brother Bob has disappeared. It's all so strange. I... I just don't know what to make of it. Suppose you start at the beginning. When did your brother disappear? Well, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, I don't know the exact day. He was here in the city. I was out home. We have a farm in Iowa. Your brother was visiting here? No, he had moved here. I was dead set against him doing it. I, I always knew something terrible would happen if he came here and married that woman. 
He came here to get married, then? Yes. That was a month ago. Who was the woman he married? Her name is Irma Lewis. And I'm sure there's something peculiar about her, something wrong. Had your brother known her very long? Well, that's just the point, Mr. Runyon. You see, my brother didn't know her at all. Now, wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Your brother married a woman here in the city, but he didn't know her. I mean, he'd never actually met her except to correspondence. He contacted her through one of those matrimonial bureaus. Yes, I think that's what you call it. You see, Mr. Runyon, my brother Bob and I were often quite young. All we had was the farm our father left. We lived there together, and we worked hard for years. Finally, Bob managed to save $5,000. Is your brother older than you are? Yes, he's in his early 40s. I suppose he got lonesome at the farm. Being so far away from everything and only seeing me, I I can't blame him, really. One day, he saw this ad in a magazine and started writing to this Irma Lewis. Several months later, he told me he was leaving to come here and marry her. I begged him not to do it, but he wouldn't listen. Did he take the $5,000 with him? No. He had the money in a joint checking account in Des Moines. Bob took only what money he'd need for expenses. Is he going to bring this girl back home? He was going to try and get a job here after his wedding. As I said, that was just a month ago. Two days later, I had a letter from him saying he'd arrived and met her. Did he give an address? No, thanks. But in his next letter, which arrived three days after his wedding, he said he and Irma were living in a boarding house at this address. It's out in the country, not far from the city limits. Uh, here. I see. Well, that was the last letter I had from him, Mr. Lennon. Of course, I wrote him regularly. Were the letters returned to you? What? I never thought of that. That might mean... Never mind that. Go on with the story. Well, at first I didn't worry because... I knew he might be busy while we just getting married and all. Bob never was much for writing letters anyway. However, after three weeks went by with no word, I did get worried. And then the bank called. The bank, eh? Yes, they they notified me that the account was closed out. Bob had written a check for the entire amount. Are you sure he wrote the check? Positive. Of course, I went into the bank at once. They showed me the check. It was in Bob's handwriting. Well, you can imagine my feelings, Mr. Rutherford. Yeah. I managed to borrow some money on the farm and came here at once. I arrived yesterday. Of course, I went immediately to the address of the boarding house. Couldn't the owner tell you when your brother and his wife left? But that's just it, Mr. Rutherford. The woman who owns the house didn't know what I was talking about. She said my brother and his wife had never been there. <laughs> This is the house, Mr. Runyon. It's a gloomy-looking place. Yes. And there's something about the woman who owns it that I don't like. I want you to look at her carefully, Mr. Runyon. When she looks at you, it's frightening. What's the name? It's a shamway. Now, remember, let me do the talking. All right. Yes? Is Mrs. Shumway at home? If it's a room you're looking for, we ain't got any. Just a minute. Let go of that door. We're not looking for a room. What do you want? I said we want to see Mrs. Shumway. Mrs. Shumway ain't seeing anybody. Who is it, Bertha? A man and a woman, Mrs. Shumway. Two 
come in, Bertner. Yes, ma'am. Step this way, please. In here, brother. In the parlor. In this door. So dark in here, you can hardly see. Sometimes I prefer the gloom and shadows. Keep you down. You must forgive me. I'm fond of sitting here in my parlor in semi-darkness. It brings my memories closer. I have many memories. I don't believe I know you. Well, why have you come to see me? I, I talked to you last night. Remember? I was looking for my brother. Last night? Let me do the talking, Miss Garing. I'm afraid I don't understand. I'm Brad Runyon. We're looking for Miss Garing's brother, Mr. Shumway. It seems he's disappeared, and he wrote her from this address. Last night, you told her that you'd never heard of him. My dear young man, there must be some mistake. I never said anything to this woman last night. I'd never seen her before in my life. But, but I don't understand. I was here last night. You know you told me that. My brother Robert Gehring did write from here. Who's Robert Gehring? You know the name? Of course. He and his wife have a room here. He, he's here? But you said you'd never heard of him. Just a minute. I believe they're in now. Mr. Gehring? Mr. Gehring? Send me down in just a second. She told me she didn't know my brother. Are you sure this is where you came last night, Miss Gehring? Of course, I'm sure you... You don't think... I don't know. They'll be down in a minute, Mr. Bunny. A charming couple, Gehring. So you're his sister. Why are you lying? You know very well I was here last night. You called us, Mrs. Chumway. Yes, Mr. Garing, your sister's here. Sister? Bobby never told me you had a sister. <gasps> Mr. Runyon. What's the matter, Miss Garing? Mr. Runyon, that man. He's not my brother, Bob. <laughs> Now then, Miss Garing, I'm going to get to the bottom of this business. Sit down over there by my desk. What? What is it? Why are you looking at me like that? Okay, sweetheart, what's it all about? They've done something to my brother. I know it. Are you sure you ever had a brother? You think I'm insane. I don't know what to think. You come in here with a story of a missing brother. You said Mrs. Shumway denied ever having anybody there by the name of Gehring. And yet, when we go out there, she says she's never seen you before and immediately produces Robert Gehring and his wife. Only you say it's not your brother. But she's lying. I was there last night. I swear it. You've got to help me. I didn't say I wouldn't help you, but I want the truth. But my brother's gone. If you're telling the truth, he isn't the only one who's missing. His wife's missing, too. No. No, that's Mrs. Gehring. That is my brother's wife. I thought you'd never seen her, didn't know her. I haven't, but I've seen her picture. Here, I have it right here in my pocketbook. There. Now do you believe me? Isn't that the same woman we saw? Yes, that's the same woman, all right. If it is the woman your brother married, there's something very, very wrong. <laughs> Stay there until she heard. Then I sat down to think. She 
It didn't make sense, any of it. He was a girl who said her brother had married a woman he'd never even seen and then disappeared. But had he disappeared? There was a Robert Gehring and his wife living at the brother's last address. If the girl Kate was lying, what was her angle? What was she up to? And if she were telling the truth, what was Mrs. Shumway's game? Why had she denied knowing of any Robert Gehring and then on the second visit immediately produced him and his wife? Was Kate insane? She didn't look crazy. She looked and acted just like any other healthy country girl. Then there was that picture. I lit a cigarette and decided it was just one of those cases where I'd have to develop my own theory. Three hours later, I was still smoking cigarettes. It was dark outside. I was no nearer the answer than before. The clock on the tower building began striking eight. I got out my cigarette, reached my hat, and the telephone rang. Hello? Mr. Runyon? Yeah? You were with a woman named Garing today? That's right. Who is this? Bertha Mir. Who? This is Shumway's mate, Bertha. What do you know about Miss Garing? I know something that might interest you. What? I'm a poor worker. Oh, Mr. Runyon. I get it. I can't talk long. I haven't got much time. How much do you want? Five hundred dollars. Okay, where are you? I'm talking on the downstairs phone at Mr. Shumway. The others are upstairs. They might come down any minute. You'll bring the money tonight? Yeah. Where can I meet you? Leave your car a couple of hundred yards down the road and walk up to the house. I can only leave for a few minutes, so I can't go far. Uh, you know the trees at the side of the house? Yeah. There's an old well there. About 30 yards from the house. It's dark among the trees. If you're quiet, nobody can see you. I'll be there at 9.30 tonight. Is this information something about Miss Garing's brother? Miss Garing doesn't have a brother, Mr. Runyon. <laughs> pushed the phone across the desk, and my eye fell on the picture of Irma Lewis, or Garing, or whatever her real name was. It lay where Kate Garing had put it earlier in the afternoon. She'd forgotten to take it with her, and the phone had half-hidden it. I picked it up and looked at it. Just an ordinary three-by-five photograph with a love note scribbled on it. I decided there might be something in the handwriting and put the picture in my pocket. Then I got a flashlight, checked my gun, and went out into the dark corridor. I was bending over to lock the door when I heard the step behind me. My turn wasn't quite fast enough. got a lot of neck. The back of it was stiff and sore where somebody who knew how had landed a rabbit punch. But nothing was broken. I was lying on the floor of my office, 
The light was on and I was alone. I got to my feet and went to my pockets. The gun was to where it belonged and so was the flashlight and all my money. But the picture of Irma Lewis was gone. It was 9.25 when I pulled the car off the road 200 yards back from the Shumway house and got out. I stood for a minute listening and letting my eyes get accustomed to the dark. The night was black and quiet. Great black clouds rolled across the sky, hiding the moon, except for occasional quick glimpses. I crossed the road and walked quietly down toward the house. The dark line loomed dark and forbidding in the field. Lights glowed from two windows on the second floor. Fifty yards away, I stopped again and listened. There's no sound. Walking carefully, I made my way slowly up through the trees and found the old pump. Bertha the maid wasn't there. I leaned against one of the trees and waited. Fifteen minutes passed and still she didn't come. An uneasy feeling began coming over me and I pressed closer against the tree. Why should I believe the maid? Maybe it was a trap. And then suddenly I heard it. Faintly at first, twenty or thirty yards off in the brush away from the house. Something was moving stealthily through the light underbrush. Something I couldn't see. I threw my gun and waited. Whoever it was was digging at the brush and ground. I decided they didn't know I was there and began easing slowly toward the noise. I held my breath and stopped. <laughs> it was a dog. The flashlight was already in my left hand, but the moon saved me the trouble of lighting it by choosing that moment to break through the clouds again. It only stayed a second, but it was long enough for me to see the figure of a dog crouching on top of a neat oblong mound of earth. Suddenly, the dog knew I was there. Easy, old boy, easy. I'm not going to That's a good boy. That's the boy. What is it? That's the dog. I don't believe it. There must be someone. Who's there? Go down there and feel the here. I took two steps backward and my foot hit a pile of brush. The guy who claimed to be Bob Garing, and the bullet hit a tree ten feet away. The window banged down, and the dog headed for the house. I headed for the road again, running low through the trees. After all, I was trespassing on private property, and I had no proof that anything was really wrong. Twenty yards up the road, I heard the front door of the house bang open. I ducked into the woods and went back to where I lit the car. I got in and looked back toward the house. A light was bobbing around in the trees near the pump. A few minutes later, the light moved back to the house and went out. I waited another five minutes and then started the motor and drove back towards the city. Two miles away, I found a filling station with a telephone. I went in and dialed the number of Kate Garing's hotel. Good evening, Hotel Bond. Can you please ring Miss Kate Garing's room? I'm sorry, but Miss Garing is out. You know if she left a message for Mr. Runyon. Oh, are you Mr. Runyon? Yeah. Oh, there is a message for you. Just a second. Her message reads, Mr. Runyon tried to reach you. Something important has happened. I've gone to Mrs. Shumway. Two miles from the gas station, there was a suburban police station. The chief was an old friend of mine. I didn't ask too many questions when I called him and asked him to send a cop out to meet me. 
Fifteen minutes later, a prowl car pulled up at the gas station, and a cop got out and came over to me. You're Mr. Runyon? That's right. I'm Officer Larkin. Gee, Mr. Runyon, I'd have known you anywhere. We've all heard a lot about the fat man, and I've been wanting to meet you for a long time. Well, thanks, Larkin, but let's get going. We haven't got much time. Well, what's it all about, Mr. Runyon? The chief just said you wanted a policeman. That's way on the way. Come on, let's go in your car. I leave mine here. Where to? Straight out this road. Just keep going until I tell you to stop. Okay. By the way, Larkin, have you got a shovel in the back of this car? Yes, sir. We always carry one for emergencies. What do you want with a shovel? We might do a little grave digging. Maybe they've skipped out. Maybe. Come on, but watch your step through this underbrush. I've got a hunch they're still in the house, and I don't want them to hear us. Okay. Give the place right over here. Oh, it's so dark, I can't see anything. Want me to use the light? No. Give me the shovel and I'll dig. The mound is right here. Yeah, yeah, I see it now. Guy up at the house took a shot at me when I was here before. If you show the light, he might see us and try again. Now, give me the shot. You keep an eye on the house. Okay. Something's been buried here, all right? The ground is soft. What's wrong? Did you find something? Yeah, I found something. Is it a body? Body, all right. A dog body. Round <laughs> well, So that's all it was, huh? I guess the joke's on you, Mr. Runyon. After all, it ain't a crime to bury a dog in the woods. No. Except, Larkin, this is the same dog that was doing the digging here a half an hour ago. Wait, Mr. Runyon. The front door of the house is this way. We're not going to the front door, Larkin. See that part of the building that juts out like a shed in the back of the house? There, back there. Yeah? It's a garage. I've got a hunch we can get into the house through there without being heard. The door leading into the house itself. If there really was a body buried out there a little while ago, they haven't had time to move it far. Here's the door to the garage. Watch it, it might squeak. Come on in. How close behind us? Turn on the flashlight and sweep it around. We're right about it being a garage. Hold car. up! Well, what's... There's somebody sitting in the front seat of that car. Got your cover. Don't move. Are you sure you saw somebody? Yeah, give me that light. Is there anybody there, Mr. Runyon? Yeah. Dead man. Then there really was a body buried out there in the woods. Yeah. They brought him in and popped him up against the steering wheel. Yes. Hold the light on him a second. Who is he? I don't know, but I think he's Kate Gehring's missing brother, Bob. Hey, Mr. Runyon. Look here on the floor in the back of the car. What is it? It's another dead body, a dame. Here, let me see. Yeah. She's dead, all right. Do you know her? Yeah. 
If Mrs. Shumway's maid, Bertha. Come on, Orson. Get your gun out. We're going into the house. Keep as quiet as you can. It sure is dark in here. You want the light? Not yet. Easy now. Somebody made it. It's the lights. Somebody turned them on. Just what is the meaning of this, Mr. Bunyan? The name is Runyon, ma'am. There are a couple of bodies in your garage that might need explaining. He's here again. I told you to be careful. I told you. Shut up, you idiot. Now, just what is all this nonsense about bodies? And what do you mean by breaking into my house? Where's your husband, Mrs. Garing? Why? He's out. He's not here. See here, Larkin. And keep your gun on these two. I'm going to search the house. Kate Garing's hotel said she came here tonight. Yeah, I'll do nothing of the sort. Move up the staircase, Mrs. Shumway. I'm going up. I won't move. You've no right to... What the hell? It's Kate. Out of the way, Mr. Shumway. Take your hands off me. Watch them, Larkin. Don't move. Either of you, I'll shoot. Help, help, please. Get out of here, knife. You again. Your knife doing's no better than your judo. You've still got plenty to learn, and I'm going to show you one of the... Stay away from me, the trick. Like that. It's not as effective as a rabbit punch, but it serves its purpose. And now get up. Don't you... Don't you? On your feet. We're going back downstairs. You all right, Miss Garing? Yes. Yes, but they were going to kill me. They heard you in the garage. I told you to stay in the hotel. Why did you come out here? She called me tonight. Who? Mrs. Shumway. She said she'd tell me something about my brother. I, I came and they locked me upstairs. Mr. Runyon, they, they killed Bob. They murdered him. Ah, take it easy. <laughs> you okay, Mr. Runyon? Yeah, I got the other one. It's this guy here. What's your real name, by the way? Cavender, Charlie Cavender. Okay, start talking, Cavender. Yeah, yeah, I, I'll talk, only you got to believe me. It's all Mrs. Chumway's fault. she got to sit with it. Sure, sure. But it's the truth, Runyon. Me and Irma didn't know. Is Irma your wife? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure she is. This, this she-devil here is to blame. You little squirrel. Shut up. Watch her, Larkin. Well, we didn't know it was going to be murder. I swear we didn't. We thought it was robbery. We, we figured the police, this country guy, Gehring, after Irma went through a fake marriage ceremony. Nice, clean little record, huh? Well, she she killed Gehring. She did it herself and, and made us help bury him. Why was Bertha killed? Well, she found out about Gehring. Mrs. Shumway was afraid she'd tell somebody. Okay, Larkin, let's take him in. No, 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 you, you, you can't take me. I, I told you the truth. you got to believe me, right? I'm done. Come on. No, you won't. I'm not letting you. You want a real lesson, don't you? Go. Okay, I, baby, you try this it? rather. Punch my side. <laughs> What a punch. Yeah. Worked fine, doesn't it? He's up like a light. I owed him that one. Okay, Larkin. You go on out to the car with the women. I'm going to have to carry this baby. It's a finch. He won't be doing any walking for at least an hour. and getting into trouble and getting out of it. But at the same time, I generally manage to get some other people in and out of trouble, too. Be seeing you again. So long. Welcome back. The 
description at the start of the episode of Brad's Client was one of the oddest ones I've ever heard. When you are describing a character, even in the hard-boiled genre, your purpose in describing them is just to give a sort of flavor of what type of person this is. And with what Brad does in this episode is tell us how she would look if she were wearing an outfit she's not wearing and makeup she's not wearing. I'm not really sure how that aids our imagination. And I think if you are going to do that, it's best rather than having the detective tell you, well, this is what she would look like, uh, is to have him run into her once she's, you know, changed and gotten that beauty care and be like, wow, she almost looks like an entirely different person. All right, well, I do want to go ahead and thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Jim, Patreon supporter, since January 2019, currently supporting us at the detective sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. And that will do it for now. If you do enjoy this podcast, uh, please rate it wherever you get your podcast from, and if you're so inclined, leave a review. Join us back here tomorrow for The Man Called X, and we'll be back next Tuesday with another episode of The Fat Man. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net, follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.